Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. The 2021 NFL Draft is officially in the books. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. a fan of the team, who took two of the least valuable positions with their first two picks. And with me, as always, is AJ. Kyle Trask is Tom Brady 2.0, Marchese. I would have believed that if he went at 199 like he should have. Uh, chomp Chomp Gator Nation. <laughs> Today, we're going to get off all our takes about this year's draft. Let's hit it. Going out to Vegas, gonna set my draft, gonna set my draft on fire. Seven. Seven. Seven, seven, seven rounds in heaven with my lady driving out to Vegas, baby, looking for a Stingley or Thibodeau. Who's gonna bat it on draft day? Who's gonna wager future picks away? Who's gonna reach for a blue blood? Lineman, the home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. Sports, culture, takes. Take Line has it all. Take Line is a weekly podcast hosted by Emmy winner Jason Concepcion and former WNBA champ, Renee Montgomery, that's a fast-paced exploration of the NBA and world of sports and culture. Each week, Jason and Renee talk about the games, players, controversies, and issues that run both on and off the court. Follow now to hear TakeLine every Tuesday, wherever you get your pods. And another way to listen to things about sports on any day of the week is at Locker Room. It's a live, audio-only sports talk platform, free to download and to use. Talk to any of your favorite podcast hosts, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news, like when AJ broke down Tom Wilson doing another dirty thing in an NHL game last night. Disgusting. It's a good place... It's a good place to share your own experiences. And all you need to do is download the Locker Room app free in the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. Follow AJ and all the other Leafs maniacs out there who are not happy with Tom Wilson or the NHL for not cracking down. So go down Locker Room today. Uh, 2021 NFL Draft Talk. We're going to kind of broadly talk about the, the draft in totality today, um, but we'll, we'll get 
more detailed with each team, each pick in the coming weeks as, as we go division by division, kind of doing our, our draft grades. Isn't that right, AJ? That is absolutely 100% correct, Robert. Wow. Thanks, AJ, for confirming I understood our podcast format. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think on today's show, we're not going to do too much talk about the, the first rounders because we, we obviously did our uh, our immediate <laughs> 30 minutes after the draft uh, episode on Thursday night coming out on Friday, nice obviously. Plug, nice plug, nice plug. And so listen to that now if you haven't listened to that yet. You, you actually have to listen to that episode first to understand this episode. Yeah, it's like you wouldn't watch Star Wars Episode Four before you watched Episode One. Oh, wait. May the fourth be with you, AJ. Uh, and also with you. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, that's enough of that. Um, I love Star Wars. Best draft class. Who? I mean, I think there's a, a handful of contenders. Agree. Um, I think, like, I don't think there's one clear cut. This is the one. I totally agree. Totally agree. I think there, I feel, a lot of teams had good drafts, and a handful of teams had really bad drafts. <laughs> we'll get there in a second. And I feel like more teams had, had good drafts than uh, than maybe usual. I think I think when we get into our, our grades, you're going to get a lot of A's and A minuses and B plus from uh, from us. Um, so to narrow it down to one team, I I kind of struggle with, and I want to hear if you had to give the crown to one team, who you'd give it to. So part of this, I almost excluded um, positional value yeah. in terms of how important the Bears making the move for Justin Fields was. I, I think that's how – like you either have to include the positional value or ignore it. You can't really do both because – or else you're going to put the teams that take quarterbacks at the top as right. they kind of should be. Yeah. Right. And, and like – because otherwise I, I really like – I like the Bears draft as a whole. Me too. And obviously I think, I think that was the – most important essentially the most important pick of the night so taking that out of it um i really like what the chargers the titans the browns and the eagles did those four more specifically stuck out to me um i have a hard time again picking just one because i look at it and i love the chargers first three picks don't love the trey mckitty pick and i think their day three was really solid i look at the titans i really like their first four picks i think they reached on des fitzpatrick who i am a big fan of um but i think we can both agree that was felt around too early at least uh two for Um, me yeah and then when you factor in the the news about rashad weaver um yeah with the assault like that kind of takes me out of it uh and then you jump into the browns they reached i thought they reached on anthony schwartz agree but then if you look at it like had they taken james hudson there and Anthony Schwartz at 110, or even at 132, and Tommy Togia at 110. Like, you feel really good about that Browns class. Uh, and then, for with the Eagles, it, it mainly I like it so much because they took a bunch of guys I just personally was quite high on. <laughs> yeah, I there really isn't a bad pick in that bunch for, for that team. Like, I don't know, Taron Jackson at 191 maybe, which is like, who but cares? It's 191. They, yeah, and they got Patrick Johnson at 234, which I thought was phenomenal value. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I agree with all of those. Um, I will add the Denver Broncos. And I know they didn't come up with Justin Fields. Um, but, hey, maybe they Which, get Aaron Rodgers, so that would be the cherry on top. <laughs> but, yeah, it, and, it, 
Go so, ahead. Go ahead. Coming back to the quarterback thing, because if you remove the thought that they passed on Justin Fields, yeah, and just look at pick by pick on paper, like it's a really great class with a lot of guys who I think are going to have an impact pretty early on in their career. Um, so I think that's a very good pick. Yeah, I don't think they they picked a bad player. Like for me, Patrick Sertan at nine, uh, maybe not the most desperate need, but that secondary looks awesome now, and I think he was the second best defense player in the class and should go exactly there. So perfectly fine. Williams is fun as hell. Uh, Quinn Miners, more on that later. Baron Browning at 105, I think, is a steal. Stearns at 152 is a great bet. Jamar Johnson is a steal. Like, And then even, like, you know, Seth Williams, like that, I know they don't need a receiver, but it's a great pick. I, I, John the Cooper is a steal. So I think, like, they the didn't make they, a bad pick. The way they attacked day three, I think, was really, really interesting because if you look at it, yeah, um, it's a lot of... I mean, Stearns and Jamar Johnson are really high upside mm-hmm. uh, safeties who, yeah, the, the, they're big risks, but in the fifth round, they're worth the risk. And then, then you jump to Seth Williams where it's like last year, people were talking about him as a potential first-round pick, and obviously he had, he had a pretty up-and-down year, and Bonix didn't help. Getting him in the sixth round, I thought he was going to get overdrafted. Getting yeah. him at 219... I felt like it was really good value. And then Kerry Vincent's a guy who was poised to have a big year at LSU, opted out, tested phenomenally, was considered one of the best nickels in the class. Jonathan Cooper's a really safe bet in terms of he's a high hustle player. I think is going to find a role as kind of your fourth edge. And then Marquis Spencer's a guy I really like too. Again, tested off the chart. So it's like they made really good bets on day three. I thought. Yeah, no, I t- totally agree. I think Vincent uh, kind of hit it. It's kind of an underrated selection there too. Um, so to do it differently, or to add another team here, uh, I love the way the Detroit Lions uh, came out and swung with this new uh, new leadership there. Obviously, we already talked about it, but Sewell at seven, uh, home run. I, I think that's a perfect pick. And then they come back, mm-hmm. and like Levi on Muzuriki, where like probably about where he should have went. I'm like, okay, um, not not an amazing pick. Nice fit. I think that's going to be good. And then to come back and grab a Lee McNeil at 72, I thought that's a, a bit of a nice steal there. And I, I yeah. love that fit. They, they talk about the knee biting. McNeil is, is that. He's gonna, him and Muzuriki is going to be an awesome interior. Uh, I thought uh, uh, Melifondu at 101 is a steal. Uh, potentially throwing him opposite Okuda. That, that's going to be nasty. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown at 112 is an absolute steal in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> he's the best receiver on the roster right now. Uh, Fantasy-wise, yeah. he's going to be huge. Uh, Barnes at 113. I wasn't the super high on Barnes. Uh, but you like the, the potential. You like the fit there. And then 257, I think Jamar Jefferson's better than the 257th pick in the draft, too. Um, so I, I think I they, they hit the nail on every single pick in this class. And they got that attitude, too, that I think we kind of – well, you, you could have expected that they're going to aim for. So I think I think they had a, had a terrific first draft uh, under Brad Holmes. It, it, it was a really good setup draft to kind of build the culture that yeah. you expect Dan Campbell to want to be building there. I love the way – on Wuzuriki and McNeil are going to complement each mm-hmm. other as the three and the one tech. Like those two are perfect beside each other, and, and they're not going to be rushing. Like they have Michael Brockers, they have some depth there. They're not going to be rushing into things necessarily. Yeah. Melifon went. There was multiple corners who should not have gone ahead of him. Definitely, he he went about fifty picks later than I thought he was going to go. Yeah. Um. And yeah, yeah. Saint St. Brown, and I think in most receiver classes goes top one hundred. Yeah, the, the way the receivers kind of fell was kind of interesting. And there were so many good ones uh, as UDFAs, too. And the Lions got yeah. a couple of those as well. More on that later. So, 
Uh, yeah, no, that, that, that as a whole is really interesting. Um, I think that is, that's enough, right? We named a bunch of teams there. I, I, again, yeah, I always, I always love what the Ravens do. I thought the Jets had a really yep. good draft too. If you don't want to, but we don't have to get into it too much. No, there's a, a lot of fun players. Like, yeah, the Jets took a lot of fun players who should see field time early because the roster is so bad. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll break down the classes more detailed as we as we do the divisional shows. Um, with the worst draft classes, it was a little tougher because you're right. No one had like, well, maybe I shouldn't say no one, but there wasn't any overly disgusting <laughs> drafting. Yeah. Uh, Outside of the Rams, maybe, but the, like they didn't have a first round pick, so it didn't even feel as negative as it could have been. Um, I I narrowed it down to three that really stuck out for me. I got four. Uh, the Dallas, okay, Dallas Cowboys, uh, the Los Angeles Rams, and the, and the Las Vegas Raiders. I thought were the three that stood out the most. Uh, I have those three, and I'll throw in the Texans as the fourth in the, in that order. I, I like almost just ignored them. Um, I know, I know. It's hard to really criticize them because they, they had no first or second round picks. Um, I liked, like, I think Nico Collins was a player they needed, and I, Brevin Jordan in the fifth round I really like. But yeah, I mean, yeah. So that, I'll, I'll hit the Texans. It, but the, that, that's that's a team to to quote Titus Andronicus. That's a team that was just fucked from the start, though. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree. Like that's why if I had to list them, they would be my fourth. But yeah, to, just to hit them quick. Uh, Lopez and Wallow, whatever. I think I think not great picks. Love Brevin Jordan at one forty seven. Yep. I think that's terrific. Uh, I think Nico Collins is a great fit. Uh, nice pick there. But they also gave up a lot to trade up to get him. So that's another yes. And then Davis Mills at yeah, and Davis Mills at sixty seven too. Um, gross. We're not surprised he went there. Is he deserving of the pick? Probably not. But he's a quarterback. Do they the need Trask qu- pick makes it look better, though, and, and Mond going right before him, too. Agree. I, t- I totally agree with that. So so it's not bad, but again, I'm not killing them because they didn't have a first-round pick. Sorry. Continue. I, I'm just not going to kill them for not having a first-round pick, though. But to be in the bottom of the of the group, I'll throw them in there. Um, If you had to pick just one... Uh, removing the Texans from it because it's hard because, yeah, again, just the capital and the situation. If you had to nail one, would it be – like, I think it's the Rams. I would too. I would choose the Rams, yeah. But another team without a first-round pick. But then at 57, they take 2-2 Atwell uh, after the Hawks take Eskridge, and I feel like they kind of fucked them over a little bit there, um, to, to be completely honest. And the the fact that people were worried about Devonta Smith's weight – and, like, yeah, people were worried about 2-2 Atwell, but – Tutu Atwell combining college production and yeah. his his actual weight is way scarier to me at fifty seven than Devonta Smith at ten. Yeah, hundred percent agree. He's what he came out at like one forty five on his, on his medical recheck or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's crazy. And I like I like the player of Tutu Atwell, but to take I like in the, I like one hundred four. He was on one hundred four on my board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and the other thing with that is it wasn't like an immediate impact need like. Uh, they draft Van Jefferson last year, who showed some flashes, yeah. and obviously they have Robert Woods and Cooper Cobb. Yeah, um, he is a really good fit for what Sean McVay does, like as that sweep guy. But it that felt like a big reach to me with a lot of risks, especially factoring in that was your first pick. Um, and then the Ernest Jones pick felt like another, another huge reach. reach. Yeah, uh, he he a guy who's again I I, I think he's a good fit. And, and fits what they like in a linebacker, but two, three rounds later, maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah, and when it's your but, second pick, 
And just outside the top 100, it looks bad. Uh, but Bobby Brown at 117, I like that pick a that lot. A good, I think that's that the best pick, pick they made that, for that sure. Was a, I am a million percent. That was easily the best pick they made. Yeah. I, 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 at 130, uh, I also like Robert Rochelle. I think that's a good pick. I think that's worth a gamble there a million percent. Yeah, I'm with you. Agree. And at both guys, uh, that you can see them developing and becoming like really interesting pieces at the very least. So those two are easily, easily their best picks of the, of the weekend. Um, Jacob Harris at 141, interesting. Too early, too early though, but yeah. I wonder what the plan is with him. Tight end. Is he just to be the new Josh Reynolds, or is yeah, is he to work on as a tight end? Because I think that it's way more interesting if you're thinking about him as a tight end. Yeah, I think he's a tight end. I I, I know like during the draft they kind of mentioned wide receiver. Uh, I think they take him as a tight end, though. Obviously, wide receiver clearly not in need, and they got but, Ben Skoranek later too. But like, they, at least they got the fun, they got the funk man. Right? They got the, they got the funk man again. Uh, and, like and Ben Skoranek, yes. And They're Ernest Brown famous. don't like that. Like, they had a, they had a bad draft, but but Bobby Brown okay. and Michelle are nice. Okay. Yeah. Okay, who had a worse draft, the Cowboys or the Raiders? Because because realistically, we can't give the Rams the official worst draft class because I feel like. At the end of the day, that first round pick went towards Jalen Ramsey. So you have to kind of keep yeah. that in the back of your head. Yeah. The Cowboys, the Raiders, they both have first, second, and third round picks. Multiple third round picks for both of them. Um, so who who you give title worst team to? Worst it's, draft to? It's like, I don't know. If you look at the red flags, it's the Cowboys. If you ignore that, then it's the Raiders, I guess. It's kind of hard. The Raiders, p- part of the problem is the Raiders obviously have – one of the biggest reaches of the first round with Alex Leatherwood at 17. I love the spin zone that, coming out on, on Friday and Saturday, how Leatherwood was going to go in like 25th if they didn't take him there, which I'm yes, not yes. buying. That doesn't justify you taking him 17. <laughs> no, it doesn't, it, it, doesn't do that. it doesn't do that either. I, t- I totally agree. And I mean, uh, go ahead. And, yeah. and uh, obviously, then they come back, they get Trevon Morig 43. Love You're that. like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. And then, then you get the take, like, if you flip the Mulrig Leatherwood picks, it looks a lot better. Yeah. Um, and then, I love Malcolm Kuntz. I'm pretty shocked. Like, I had him top 120, I think. I'm pretty shocked he went 79. Yeah, it's I, too, too early. Uh, and then, Devon Diablo, that's a guy you really like. I was shocked he went 80, especially to a team like the Raiders, where, like, did they not just draft Tanner Muse to, like, Tanner Muse is a significantly worse version of what Divine Diablo is. Yeah. That, that just, it makes you, leaves a bad taste in your mouth thinking they just wasted a third-round pick on Tanner Muse for no reason last year. They did. They did. I mean, we could have said that last year, though, but yeah. We knew that at the time, but yeah. yeah. And then, <laughs> and then they come back and, if, if you call, like, Diablo was technically a safety in college. Their, their next pick, a Tyree Gillespie, player I freaking love, but that's the third safety they've taken with their first five picks. Um, and, and, and you also got to think, they, they used a first-round pick where it felt like it reached th- two or three years ago or whatever on Jonathan Abram. Yeah. And it's, it just it feels like a really strange draft plan from the Raiders over the last few years. Yeah. They obviously, when they like a guy, they, ref- they don't care about value they don't care like they don't seem to care about trying to trade back and securing the guy they just take them where they want to take them and it doesn't matter if there's depth and capital spent at that position already it seems like they have thrown so many picks at the secondary now uh and it doesn't look that much better (laughs) i was about to say i don't know if you feel great about any of it outside of javon morig who hasn't played a snap in the nfl yet (laughs) um 
and then I mean it's it's like I Nate Hobbs is an, they used another pick on the secondary. I I like Nate Hobbs in the seventh round. Really interesting athlete with special teams upside, but uh, I don't know. And then they draft Jimmy Morrissey just because he's from Mike Mayock's hometown or something. I love that. You gotta love that pick, but. It's like a baseball pick in the 40th round when they draft like a former great player's son. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's like you kind of just said. In a vacuum, uh, I like I love the Mori pick. Straight up. I'll, I'll I like, sorry, can I interrupt? Yeah. I like how in-depth we're going on the worst draft classes. It's more fun. It's more fun. We'll, we'll get to the good ones and we'll, we'll, we'll sing their praises later. And there's more of them. Um like in a vacuum, I like the Morik pick. Uh, I like I like it. And then in a vacuum, I like Diablo. I think okay, that's about where you should go. And they're gonna probably move him to linebacker. And then in a vacuum, I love Gillespie. But when you put them all together, it's like what the fuck are they doing? Like what? What no, is it's this? Insane. Yeah. Um, the problem with the Cowboys class is okay. They they like they they moved back. Yeah. When they couldn't get one of the corners, and they took the player I had as the best defensive player in the class, and Michael Parsons. Yeah. It's hard to bang them for that. Then they come okay. back at 44. It's a bit of a gamble taking Kelvin Joseph 44th. Um, but, again, you can kind of see the vision. So much talent. Really great athlete. Um, and then, But then from there, it starts to waver even more. They take Osa 75th, which I felt was... 50-ish plus picks too early. Ah, uh, and, I like that And the pick. plan is... We differ big time. The plan there. is for him to the sorry. The plan is for him to to play interior D line and like he needs to get heavier. Yeah. Um. I do, like I just don't see him as a full time three tech. You drafted Neville Gallimore last year. Yeah. Uh, Chauncey Golson eighty fourth. That's like that's like a criminal move. It's one of the worst picks of the draft. That and then they back it up by having one of the other worst picks <laughs> of the draft with Nishan Rate ninety ninth, which I mean. We know Dan Quinn's from Seattle and loves the tall corner, but that doesn't mean just because he went to Oregon State doesn't mean he's Brandon Brown or two. Okay, let's stop there and let, let's break down these first couple picks. So like, we talked enough about Parsons, Kelvin uh, Joseph at forty four. Um, you see the boom, you see the bust. I don't like that it's the Cowboys that took him though. I think that's my issue where they have a desperate need in the secondary. I I think I don't like him getting just tossed Yeah, you don't want him in. playing a ton early. Yeah, yeah, and he's going to be. So I, I don't like that for the player or the team. Also, sorry, AJ. My other question is, does like what are their thoughts on Trevon Diggs? Because, okay, they pay Jordan Lewis. Like, he is your nickel. Yeah. What are their thoughts on Trevon Diggs if they've drafted two corners, top 100, like or after drafting Trevon Diggs 51st last year, obviously new defensive coordinator. I, are they just hoping some of these guys hit and just stockpiling corners? Or, I, I like, think so. I mean, like, I mean, like, like you can't you can't expect Nation Wright to be worth a top one hundred pick. That seems insane to me. Like, it's, like if you're and, swinging and at him still, in the sixth, I get it. But my, the the other worry I have is they draft all these really high upside yeah. corners with big boom, boomer bust traits. Between, I mean, between. Diggs last year, Joseph and Wright, uh, top 100 here. And they don't have, like, a safety you're super comfortable with no. at all. Like, I, I think, to me, without a doubt, their best safety is DeMonte Casey, who is t- uh, coming off a, a season-ending injury. Like, there's, like, who's, this This secondary feels like it's going to get burned a lot, and I don't know who's organizing it. Um, and the other thing with the Parsons pick that just makes like obviously they didn't pick up LVE's option, 
Yeah. And the Jalen Smith contract looks awful. And, and not they come back at 115. They take Jabril Cox, which is a really nice pick. Yeah. Of really good value. But again, that just makes it like they're are they out on Both the of combination of J, Jalen Smith LVE and LVE and looking towards the future with Cox and Parsons. And they like signed John O'Neill to play linebacker too. It, there's just so much. It feels like there's just a lot of names and. There's no. It feels uh, like there's no plan. It, 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 this I, I feels agree. like a. It, it's a big mess that Dan Quinn's going to get blamed for if it doesn't go right. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, yeah. But, yeah, the, the and, Cox yeah, pick and then, sorry, and the, is great. The, Go ahead. Yeah. The, Golston pick, the Golston pick, I cannot believe that. He, he's, he's got a good motor. Uh, he plays hard, and I like his potential as a rotational edge setter against the run. I cannot believe you took him 84th. So I'll I defend cannot believe the, he went before Jabril Cox. <laughs> yeah, I'll defend the Osa pick, though. I, I had him like 80-some-odd. I'm, I'm a big fan of his. I loved him at the Senior Bowl. Uh, good athlete. I like the length. I think he could develop into something legit. Um, but I kind of agree with you. Where you're, I, I'm not sure if you're sticking him full-time at 3-tech, but you're kind of getting that inside-outside versatility with him. I will defend that pick. I like that pick. Um, but, but it doesn't save this draft or anything. Count, counterpoint. Do yeah. you trust that it's going to pan out here with no. this situation? No, I don't. <laughs> but what uh, they got to try, right? <laughs> right. One, one uh, one fifteen. They take they take Cox. One thirty eight. They take Josh Ball. Really good tape. Horrible human. Yeah. I can't believe. Without I I only found it during the draft. Me too. Uh, but because I liked his tape a lot and I thought it was a good pick in the moment. Horrible pick. Should not Great. be allowed in the NFL. Uh, best pick. Simi Fahoku. 179. I like I like that bet because I think the special teams upside, high weight speed dude, Quinton Bohannon. Like I think he's gonna carve out a, a solid role as a nose. Israel Mukaamu at two twenty seven. Nothing wrong with taking that bet. Hold on. And that, I, Matt, go ahead. Finish up. Finish up. Yeah. And then Matt Far, Farniak. I, I like him. Uh, I like to. He, he was in my top three hundred. I like him as a depth guy. So I, I like the Mukaamu pick. Um, I I was higher on him than this, so I think the value is good. Again, he's a big long guy. I'm always gonna appreciate he, that. I think he's moving to safety. But, okay, that was my question for you. Yeah, no, I think I think he's got a good shot to uh, maybe develop. Like, I don't. Will he ever become a starter? Doesn't look like it, but I, I think he's worth a shot, especially here. So I, I like that pick. And, yeah, and I mean, where you're taking him in the sixth round, like yeah. you're not generally you don't expect a sixth round guy to be <laughs> like a, a long term starter or anything. But obviously, that you can't teach that size uh, for a DB and. The ball production at South Carolina. The, the highs were high, the lows were low. But I mean, that Georgia twenty nineteen game, I'll never forget it. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a stud. Go Cox. Go Cox. Go Cox. <laughs> okay. Uh, Want to kind of back and forth uh, our favorite picks by round? Sure. Yeah, and I I got some multiples so we don't repeat. Uh, first round. Too. I mean, it's hard to choose, but I think my favorite pick, all said and done, value fit need. Is Rashawn Slater for the Chargers? I think it's kind of adamantly. I feel it's that or Justin Fields, eleven to the Bears, and both because it's the two most important positions in football. Both because they're top ten prospects, and both because those teams really needed these players. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree, and I, I love the swing for the Bears to get up and, and grab Fields. I think those are the two best. Totally agree. I almost wanted to, to put quarterback aside too, but then I realized that. Mm. A lot of my picks are off as alignment, so so get yeah, ready for that. <laughs> Heck yeah. Um, 
if you sorry if you had to pick a guy who won the 20s who would you pick or 20 and, and later uh 20 to 32 who would you pick um as let me just pull it up quick off the top of my head caleb farley but let me let me just double check to make sure there's no one i like yeah, better that's, uh, I, put, I put farley darisaw or rashad bateman yeah farley darisaw bateman um yeah i think those are those are definitely see I'll, I'll say caleb farley um, desperate need for the Titans. Obviously, they're a team that he doesn't, you know, he, he doesn't need to come in and. I know it's a need, but he doesn't need to, you know, be the savior of, or the secondary of any, or anything like that. Um, I and like they're they're the smart team that usually bets on the the injured guys and it works out. So I, I like that pick a lot. That that home mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense for me. And Darius has a steal. I agree with you. Yep, and the fits just awesome. And the fits awesome. And Bayman's the guy I wanted. The Ravens will take a twenty-seven, so it's hard. To, it's hard yeah, for me not I can't to say I to love it. What, yeah, can't wait to see what that looks like. Um, okay, second round. <laughs> we'll go back to off the line. I, I love the Eagles getting Landon Dickerson. I, yeah. I can't. He was nineteenth on my board, nineteenth or twenty. Um, Iowa won again. We know why he yeah. wasn't selected nineteenth or twenty. It's because of the injuries. But I again, I know the Eagles' off the line was a disaster last year. But you know he's not coming in and asked to contribute immediately because they got some depth there and obviously he doesn't he, they announce him as a guard and that's probably where he'll start and then kick in to center and be their center for the next decade so yeah i think i think that's the, an absolute home run the second round was full of fun offensive line picks because some were horrible and some were awesome yeah that's that's true and more on all of those like, later because <laughs> like i think creed humphrey was one, like not my pick but creed humphrey 63rd yeah. to the chiefs another one of my favorites of the second round me too um i like that tevin jenkins pick uh more before they cut charles leno me too agree uh but my ultimate pick is elijah moore 34th to the jets because i think he steps in um immediately becomes zach wilson's go-to guy yeah i had him as a top 32 player i would have been very comfortable taking him in the first round uh, I can't. I, I. I. It sounded more and more like he was going to go in the first round, and then it happens. Doesn't. I. I like what he gets to offer at slot with Corey Davis and Denzel Mims on the outside. I'm really excited to see what this offense looks like. What happens to Jamison Crowder? Roth? That. I wonder if he's a. He's a potential. Like again, he's not. It's just kind of a, a bad situation for him because obviously he's he, like he's a very very good slot and he was very productive for them last year and i like him a lot he's not that old um, either I think but he's, he's only 28 now. no no he's only he's only turning 28 um but like i'd rather just get the young guys oh yeah. like you're playing the young quarterback i want to see elijah Moore on the field you know definitely no i definitely agree um third um, round it's hard not to say quinn Miners. yeah I, I figured you would uh so i did not put him i figured I, you would say him or Ben Cleveland, um, but it, again, like Elijah Molden's a really good one too. I got those are like my three picks. Yeah, I mean, let's let's start on minors. I, uh, I, I, we were getting a little nervous. He's, he, I thought, I think we both thought he's going to go in the second round. We're like, fuck, mm-hmm. man. I just really hope he goes top one hundred. Obviously, after being on the show last year and just we're huge fans of his on the field and off the field. And then it goes, and it's like, fuck, this is an awesome fit. You're gonna. I, I love that interior offensive line so much. Him, him Reiser, and I mean, I hope he, he bounces back. But Cushionberry after the rookie year, I love all three of those guys so much. That's got such such potential to be an absolutely nasty interior offensive line, um, and just best O line coach too. And yeah, exactly. And I, again, I think they're already tweeting each other, Miners and Reiser. I'm sure they're already texting each other too. I think they're gonna be best friends. <laughs> I love that so much. Uh, and then yeah, I mean, with Cleveland, I I yeah. another guy we were both very high on. 
Um, really like the fit in Baltimore. Yeah. And I thought because it seemed like we were much higher on him than the consensus that he wouldn't end up going on Top day two, and he does. I think he's I think he's going to be competing for a starting guard spot because, uh, I mean, that, that offensive line in general is very open outside of Ronnie Stanley right now. Definitely. You know, I, I think – He's got a really good chance to be to be starting, if not week one, early in the in the season. And uh, your comp was Marshall Yonda. I remember that. So this is kind of perfect. <laughs> yeah, the greatest guard of the generation. I said. Um, <laughs> Actually, I think Ben Cleveland's got like long term, like Pro Bowl type of guy potential, especially now that he's in Baltimore. Uh, and then, I mean, uh, Elijah Molden's my number one favorite pick of the third round. Mm-hmm. I Again, I had him 28th on my board. I thought he was going to go early second round. I can't believe he fell to 100. Yeah, um, I, I, don't, I, and, I don't know why he fell. Especially, like, like if he was going to fall, then you'd expect to see, like, Richie Grant fall, which he did, and he went, like, exactly where you thought he'd go. Like, right. So I don't I don't know why Molden fell, and that's a absolute slam dunk at I, pick 100. I I'm pretty excited to see what this secondary looks like. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, they draft killed Farley, who we mentioned first round. Um, the only really entrenched guy is Kevin Byard. Yeah. They signed Janoris Jenkins. They drafted uh, Amani Hooker, who flashed a bit last year. Yeah. So I'm wondering if, if, if Hooker and Byard become the primary safeties. If early on it's Janoris Jenkins and Fulton on the outside as uh, Farley gets healthy, and then. Like I, I would bet Elijah Molden starting day one at nickel. I, I totally agree with you. I totally agree. And they also, they also got Brady Breeze, so that's like. And they got, they got Brady, and, Hey, Dean Crookshank's still there, baby. <laughs> they forget. just draft all the DBs we love. Especially if they're kind of like that that nickel safety hybrid, they take them. That's that's what just keeps happening. Uh, yeah, I, and then, and then gonna, down the I'm road, gonna, Farley's coming in. Yeah, that that's that that looks really good long term. I'm gonna shout out one more <laughs> third round pick. I really like Diami Brown to the Washingtons. Yeah, it's a great fit. I'm kind of one we we pegged a couple times in some of our mocks and just doing our our, our division our team mocks. Uh, yeah, I, I, think I think they had a very very solid draft. Me too. I, I totally agree. I like I just a smidge below the the top t- tier, but yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, okay, fourth round. Um, you know what? I'm gonna pick Michael Carter. I I think a he should have went top 100, and b this is a terrific landing spot for, for him in, with the Jets. Uh, not not just fit, but opportunity. I like. I think he's gonna beat out Ty Johnson and Devin Coleman and get uh, lots of touches early on, and just uh, getting again. I think we mocked him in third round to the to the Jets before. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting getting Wilson that that pass catching option, and again, just a great fit in that kind of outside zone scheme. Uh, I think that's an absolute home run if you're getting him outside the top yeah. order, especially. I I I'm really excited to see how Michael Fleur deploys him, how much yeah. he involves him. I feel like early he'll, he'll have a role as, the, as a passing down back, um, and we'll slowly see that expand as the season goes on. Me too. Agreed. Uh, I went with Dante Smith, another that's, fan favorite of this show. That's my second um, choice. Really, really great pick for the Bengals to grab him at 138. If not for, I think, the injury history, I think he was very legitimately a day two pick. Tested unbelievably. Wicked arm length, fantastic senior bowl. Love that he's not going to have to, like, assuming he will not have to play early. I'm really hoping. I still think the Bengals should have taken Sewell uh, fifth, but that's that's a conversation for another day. Agreed. I think, obviously, you, you look at it, Riley Reef at right tackle, Jonah Williams at left tackle, Dante Smith's the, the, the future at right tackles, the way I'm viewing it. I'm hoping he doesn't have to play too often, too early. I'm pretty excited. 
about that. I, th- I mean, I, he was a way better pick than the guard they took in the second round. So more on that. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, uh, fifth round. Fifth round. I I had some choices, but I'm going to say Cameron Grown because I I mean one of the youngest players in the draft. Uh, I think if he went back to Michigan, we'd be seeing him as a day two pick at worst. Um, getting him to the Pats, uh, I think he's going to be able to get to see the field early, but not required to see the field early. Um, and just the opportunity to really develop there under Bill Belichick. Uh, I, I think I think Cameron Grown's going to be be something in the NFL. I think all the all the tools are there, and it's kind of the perfect landing spot for him. Um, I had a hard time deciding between Kenny Gainwell, who I figured was in contention for you as well, uh, to the Eagles at 150. Yeah. And Amir Smith-Marset, who's a personal favorite of mine, to the Vikings at 157. I'm going to go Amir Smith-Marset because I think he has the perfect opportunity to take that third receiver role uh, by the Viking horns in Minnesota <laughs> and be kind of a an interesting big play gadget player early. Yeah, if you know if it all comes together for for Amir Smith Marset, I think there's such a defined role in that offense uh, mm-hmm. for him, and because you know obviously Justin Jefferson and Thielen on the outside, and and Smith Marset being the, like the the downfield guy, the the burner kind of open everything up underneath for the other two, and then also like you said, being the gadget guy. So I think there's although I'm also kind of interested to see what Kenny Unwagu's uh, role in that offense is going to be too. They they had an interesting offense's draft, really, to be honest. But yeah, I think there's a, a, a defined role. I think that definitely a gr- really good pick in the fifth round. Even though I wasn't as high on him as you were, uh, I think fifth round is is really really good mm. for him. They bet on traits in the, on day three. You got to respect that. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of traits, sixth round, the Mauler out of the swamp, Stone fucking foresight to the Seahawks. Yeah, I'm so happy. Uh, <laughs> I knew you. I knew you'd pick it because obviously you you were very much on the Stone Forsyth train early. He ends up a Seahawk. It had to be your pick for this. Yeah, I, I still have no idea why he fell. I, I've i tried searching for any typical medical. fault medical. I didn't see anything, um, any other stuff. He seems like an awesome fucking there was no dude. Reason, there was no reason based on tape that he should have fallen. Or on tape, exactly. Cause, and he's massive. Like, There's no issues. And I had Adam 76 on my board. So to, so to come back here and get him in the sixth round... Um, I think he's got a chance to, to be the starting right tackle by midseason in Seattle. Oh, that may, I'm so no, like I'm happy if he's gonna fall, he's gonna fall to you. I'm happy for you. I oh man, when I was on the clock, I, I was holding my breath. I'm like, please, please, this is the last pick of the draft. Please make it happen. And I was so happy. It wasn't it wasn't quite well, as happy as I was when they took DK Metcalf, but but it wasn't too too far behind. <laughs> as someone who watched them pass on him in a range of a handful of picks before that uh, for a team that has a history with a 6-9 left tackle. Yeah. That hurt. That hurt a lot. Um, uh, That would have been my pick, obviously, but uh, uh, I really like Shy Smith to the Panthers, but I don't think he's going to play too much early. Yeah. I like Demetric Felton to the Browns a lot. Um, How do you think Felton's going to fit in there? Uh, I I, thought the the team that drafted him was kind of funny, but do you think they got a plan for him? They, I, I, I'm guessing that they're like obviously they have the best one-two punch running backs in the league. So yeah. I'm guessing he's there's going to be a handful of now. That I, I mean, considering they took him in the sixth round, so it might not be this. Yeah. One, but there's going to be a handful of kind of gadgety plays, maybe a game that he gets involved with. Um. 
I like the Daz Newsome. You know I love Daz Newsome. One of my favorite players. I really uh, like that to Chicago. Me too. Anthony Miller's had a very up and down time in Chicago. Yeah. There's been trade rumors about him for a long time. Um, Mooney was their steal last year on day three. They've obviously got Allen Robinson as that one. They bring in Justin Fields. I, I want to see if Daz Mooney can – or Daz Mooney. Uh, Freudian <laughs> slip. Daz Newsome. Darnell Mooney was my guy last year. If Daz Newsome can carve out a bit of a – possession slot role maybe maybe make a little bit of an impact as a return man at times pretty excited about that uh, and then trey smith to the chiefs I yeah that's yeah that's my other the one thing I about mean, that go ahead no no team addressed a position group this offseason better than the chiefs they saw what happened in the super bowl and they said that's not happening and happening again they trade for orlando brown they get first of all they get they get the dock back from canada they draft creed humphrey uh, as he slides, they signed Austin Blythe as a. That's if Austin Blythe's your backup center, you feel really good about that. They bring in Kyle Long. They are, they draft Lucas Yang last year. Yeah. Um. They they sign uh, Joe Thune. Like it's crazy how they address this group. Yeah. It's it it is it it's I think it's the deepest offensive line in the league now, right? It, it has to be too deep. No one's deeper. No. Like you feel, you feel okay at least about pretty much every one of them starting. Yeah, oh, and then okay to uh, amazing is how you feel. And then on the on Trey Smith specifically, I mean, if you're him, you got to be happy that you're going to the team that looks like the the best to compete for the next decade, like, and and a spot where he's not going to get tossed into the fire and have a chance to develop behind all those guys that we just named. I, I, and again, he obviously talent wise, he was worth much more than a six round pick. It's just the health issues that push him down the board, but um. Yeah, I think that's I think that's one of the best. Stone and, and Smith were my, my two favorites. I like I like Daz too. Those were my of the sixth round. Uh, seventh round, a little tougher, but yeah, anyone but you, really stick out? Yeah, I you know me, I was really high on Jared Dokes. He was kind of my sleeper back. Oh yeah, ending up in Miami too. He's got a chance, man. He's got a chance to get carries this year because obviously we expected the Dolphins to maybe even pick a first round back, if not a day I two back. That they didn't. I do respect that they didn't too. I like their I like the guys that that they drafted a lot. Kind of a funky draft. We'll get there um, on Friday's episode. Um, but seventh round Dokes, I think he's got a chance to to really to really push for touches early because um, I mean we, we saw we saw what they did for, with the Washington duo last year, uninspiring. Even though I like I like Gaskin and, and Ahmed, but I think Dokes is just the most. Kind of NFL, just solid. Give it to him. My couple's Mike Davis, who might be an RB one in Atlanta now. Um, I think I think he's going to push for for legit touches this year. Uh, my two picks were between William Bradley King, who Washington took two forty. I had him as a top one fifty guy. Love the the effort and the hands with him. Um, had a bit of didn't have quite the breakout after grad transferring to Baylor for Mark State. But I like the spotty lands yeah. as a, a guy who's going to get to provide depth for a really deep defensive line. And then I have to pound the table for my, my guy. Uh, not only is Chris Ballard my guy, but he drafted my guy in the seventh round. Michael Strachan. I don't even know if that's how you say his name. Uh, from, from Charleston. Height, weight, speed freak. Really loved watching him dunk on on uh, guys on tape in, in what looked like high school games. <laughs> um, I love that the Colts gamble on, on the, his upside in the seventh, so. Can, can I throw a duo out there from the Cardinals? I I didn't love the Cardinals class really, but uh, in the seventh round, Wiggins and Minette, I, I like I like that pairing a lot. I did too. I'm with you. That's a that's a, a good uh, point. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know what else is a good point, AJ? What, Rob? Enlighten me, please. Betting the spread points and spread because this week has tons of sports action as the MLB, NBA, and NHL are in full swing. Yeah, Tom Wilson was swinging a little too hard last night. Am I right, AJ? Amen, brother. Uh, shame to the city of Toronto. Get, get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sports news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Bet online, your online sports book experts. And this can make you hungry, AJ. Mm. You work hard and play hard. So treat yourself and stock up for summer barbecues with Kansas City Steak Company. Visit KansasCitySteaks.com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with the code SD at checkout. From classic steak cuts to USDA Prime to American-style Kobe, hard-to-find specialty cuts, and more, Kansas City Steaks has everything you need to fire up the grill. They make it so easy, each order from Kansas City Steaks is flash-frozen and delivered directly to your home. Satisfaction guaranteed, or your money back. Imagine relaxing in the backyard with the family while enjoying steakhouse quality meals from Kansas City Steaks. Try their butter butter tender filet mignon, Kansas City strips, juicy steak burgers, all beef jumbo hot dogs, and even complete meal combos. Bring the steakhouse to your house this summer with Kansas City Steaks. Go to KansasCitySteaks.com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with the code SD. At checkout. That's KansasCitySteaks.com, code SD. KansasCitySteaks.com, code SD. You know what else is juicy, AJ? Uh, these these reaches, baby. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. We're on today, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, okay, you mentioned off the top. We talked a lot about the first round of, uh, on Friday's episode. Um, our, our immediate reaction we, we 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 negatively talked about those guys enough already and we'll, we'll do it more when we get into the division talk let's talk more second third round reaches um because there were some uh two really stood out to me what's the number one reach of the second round second I mean, we, round then second give me your third second round, second round. i i'm gonna start with i know where you're gonna go so i'm gonna say jackson carmen from the Bengals. Who okay. went forty six? I mean, you can package this with a pick before him too. Um, went forty six. <laughs> I had him one fourteen, and that was like even me projecting him a little bit. It's like okay, I can see the traits. Former five star. Yeah, you could justify taking him early fourth round, maybe. Yeah, that that's like my ceiling. It's kind of like I was being nice to him, and then he went forty six. Yeah, and I we heard him one thirty seven. That's like that's also reasonable. <laughs> so, so I I don't get it for a team that that needs to add up front immediately. I also don't get it. And when they throw in all the yeah. guys we saw go after him, I don't get it. Uh, to yeah. surmise, I don't get it. Other than him being a five star and uh, being intriguing and like kick him inside, he's gonna be a better guard than tackle. But um, yeah, not a fan. He's gonna have to play early though, and that's not what you wanted. Uh, no, no, that's uh, that's it's not great for for old Joe Burrow uh, in front, behind him too. 
the the guy who went to pick for him, 45th, Walker Little to the Jags. I mean, at least Jackson Carmen played the last couple of years. Walker Little mm-hmm. hasn't played a snap since uh, week one of 2019. Former five-star, freak athlete, goes 120 – or sorry, I had him 126, goes 45th. Now, at least with Jacksonville, he assumably isn't playing right away, but that is – in I, those two back-to-back just jaw hit the floor, yeah. and it really set the tone uh, – it, it almost made like Tutu Atwell going 57th and Kyle, like even Kyle Trask going 64th, which I think was overall my biggest reach from big board to spot. But when you look at it, the quarterback position and then Mills and Mon going a couple picks after, yeah, you can kind of make a little more sense of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, those those were to me the four biggest reaches of the second Those round. are the four ones I also put down from the second round. Um, we talked about Third Tutu round. already. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, know, can, can we'll, we talk about we'll, the quarterbacks? We'll save the we'll save the, tr- the 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 quarterbacks for I think the divisional talk because that's going to be more in depth and okay. I, I I mean, you know, I think all three of them are reaches, but I can understand. Yeah. Fair, um, I can't, but that's me. I mean, like also, Ian, by understanding, Ian Book I mean, in it's the fourth not round was a reach. So yeah, yeah, I didn't even put that one down. I only put top one hundred ones down. Um. My biggest reaches of the of the my four biggest reaches of the third round, three were Cowboys picks: Osa seventy fifth, Chauncey Golston eighty fourth, Nation Wright ninety ninth, and then Ernest Jones one hundred three to the Rams. So we talked about all four of those guys already. Those are I thought the biggest reaches. Yeah, I'll, so, I'll throw I'll throw some more out there. Um, I I had I had those ones as well. Uh, we talked about Coons, so I won't mention that. Uh, how about Cisco sixty five? Seeing where the other safeties kind of went. Um, I had him like 106, so not not as bad as some of these other picks. I liked him a little more than you, and I liked the fit. So I I I try to refrain if I really liked the fit, but yeah, I, I, it was it did feel early. Yeah, um, we talked about Schwartz, uh, Patrick Jones. I, I I had a 136, went 90. I didn't love that one too much to to, to the Vikings. Fits okay though, but I'm not I'm not super into that one. And one more throw out there. I, I know you disagree, or I believe you disagree. <clears throat> I didn't like the Monty Rice pick too much. Again, it fit pretty nice, but I, I had him like 141. So 92. Uh, uh. And I mean, like, I, I think. I had him 111. Okay, so you're perfectly okay with that pick. And, and the fit works. I really too. like the fit, yeah. And not, not wasn't that high. Like, I, I like Monty Rice, the football player. I just don't think he's got the traits to go top 100. Uh, so, yeah. Um. All right, more positively, best value. We mentioned a lot of the guys on my list already. Yeah. Um, I mean, like Justin Fields, Rashawn Slater. Those are the best values of first round. You mentioned Landon Dickerson earlier. Azizo Jolari at 50 mm-hmm. was really good value. Uh, Jeremiah Usukoromo at 52. And we, we find out later he falls to the Browns at 52 because uh, of uh, probably because of a heart thing they found in the pre-draft process. That shouldn't affect him. Yeah. But that, that made some, some noise, I guess. Uh, Creed Humphrey, 63rd, Joseph Asai, 69, Diami Brown, 82. Those are all my favorite values of the first three rounds. Yeah, I, I think I echo a lot of those. Um, to, to add more that I didn't write down that, but I can throw it. Uh, we, I mean, the ones we haven't mentioned. Baron Browning, I, I know I touched on that, but 105, I like that. Um, yeah, I guess that's really it. Like, it was, um, for the most part, it was a pretty chalky draft because I just – there. Yeah, go ahead. The other thing was there, like you, you said this to me as soon as the draft ended. You're like a lot of talented dudes went undrafted. I, it was just 
it felt like there was a lot of good day three talent. Which is funny because all, all we heard through the process is next year is so much deeper because of the super seniors. <clears throat> but I, 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 and I can understand that maybe, maybe deeper from maybe this one's more like from one fifty ish on. It's a lot of guys at the same level. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I, I have, I had no issue with the with this group. I think it's a good group. And maybe you know, it's you're only going three hundred deep or whatever. And where, where next year you might, you might, it's gonna be a huge, huge class. Or it might be like, right? Like you might have like five hundred guys. Like I don't mean NFL teams, but uh, us. We might have like five hundred guys that we like. You know what I mean? So it could be yeah. kind of crazy. Some day three value I really like: Jabril Cox, one fifteenth. Uh, Brevin Jordan, one forty-seven to the Texans. Davion Nixon, one fifty-eight yeah. to the Panthers. Uh, like you mentioned earlier, Jamar Johnson to the Broncos. Hamza Nasir Aldean, 186 to the Jets. Yep. Um, this one I bet's on your list. Deontay Brown, 193 to the Panthers. Yep. Uh, and then James Wiggins, who you mentioned, 243 to the Cardinals. I like Michael Manette a lot to the 247 to the Cardinals, which you mentioned. And then Dax Milne, 258 to Washington. Yeah, d- like definitely that. great. Um, okay, so I mentioned Michael Carter already. I mentioned Amon Ra. Uh, Tylen Wallace. I think that's an awesome yep. fit with the Ravens. Um yep. and st- sticking in the division. I like the Tommy Togi I pick a lot too. I think that's good value too. Um, other than that, we I think we hit a lot a lot of the same ones. Um the biggest one was was Deontay Brown. I knew I was higher on him than everyone. But I, I had him forty eighth on my board. Um and I, I knew that was a little crazy. But I, I didn't expect him to drop out of the top one twenty. Ish, you no. know what I mean? Like so, so one ninety three. Yeah. I thought he'd go early fourth round. Yeah, yeah, I know for real. I, I thought he had a good chance to go top one hundred. So when you throw in one ninety three, I think that's that's terrific value. I know he's not the greatest athlete, but I, I mean, watch the tape. I don't know. He's he's a good fucking offensive lineman, and he's got a chance to contribute there early, early, early. Um, best fits. I I tried to keep it in in the top one hundred pick zone. Um, me too. I'll just rattle off a couple. Uh, Trey Lance to the 49ers. I, I thought he was the best fit for what they're going to be doing. I like J.C. Horn a lot to the Panthers. I love – I know you don't love the pick, but I love how how, how well he's going to fit there. Jamin Davis to the Washingtons. It's growing um, on me. Quiddy Pay to the Colts. I think resoundingly everyone was like, that's money. Yeah. Uh, Tevin Jenkins to the Bears, though now it sounds like he's playing left tackle, which – I, I, I don't want to, like, overvalue left. But it's not an easy transition jumping from one side to the other. Um, Rondell Moore to the Cardinals was fun as hell. The, the NFC West just being fun. Drafting all the small, really exciting receivers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dylan Radence to the Titans. Love that. Uh, your boy, Dwayne Eskridge, who is my boy as well, to the Seahawks. I like the Cisco fit to the Jags because I think after Moerg was gone um, – and I know it, it looks worse given where Gillespie went, and but Jamar I think Johnson. Cisco, yeah, but I think Cisco is a, like that's what you want him doing is being that single high guy. Um, Brady Christensen to the Panthers, I like that a lot, and then Trey Sermon to the Niners is a lot of fun. Okay, so to hit ones that we haven't hit, I want to start with Greg Newsom because we didn't talk about that pick at all after our recap. Um, it, it, I think part of it was. It, yeah. He went right – like, he was 26 on my board. He went right in the zone he should go. Yeah. And, I don't know, it just felt like the Browns were being smart they like had a, they have yeah. been. Like we already said, they had a terrific, terrific uh, class. So, um, Newsom, 
regardless of the way the, the guys bounce back, he's finding a starting job day one for the yeah. Browns. Yeah. Him and Denzel Ward are going to be a lot of fun. Big Ten country, baby. Okay, you hit a lot of the ones that I had. But I'll say Wyatt Davis for the Vikings. Uh, mean run blocker going into that. What I already thought could be an awesome yeah. run blocking offensive line. That's awesome. They, they yeah. because they had so many picks. Like, some of their picks are freaking awesome. And some are a little more head scratchy. But getting yeah. him and Darisaw. Yeah, no, for, for real. Uh, Tommy Tremble to the Panthers. I love that. Obviously, that's they, a lot of fun, yeah. Yeah, they don't have they, Ian they Thomas is tight end one. They had a they had a really fun draft. Um, I don't know. He screams Matt Rule attitude to me, and he's got he's he's gonna walk in and be like tight end one, and they're gonna find fun ways to use him. Uh, Armani Rogers to the Packers. I think that was um, like the guy they needed, or a guy like him for Jordan Love, for Jordan Love, for Derek for Derek Carr. <laughs> for Derek, for Drew Locke, uh, for whoever comes in uh, in that offense, uh, I think that's a great fit. Uh, we hit, we hit a lot of the same ones, and fuck it, Ben Mason, baby. I, I know it's outside of the top 100, but I'm I'm very happy he's a Baltimore Raven. Yeah, that uh, that felt very on the nose. Worst fits, I struggle with a little bit more because it's a lot of like teams are obviously they know what they're doing, yeah. About, like they under they're professional teams for a reason, so it's hard to like really find a, an egregious fit. I just put two down, both first-round picks. Tony to the Giants, 20th, and we find out later that Urban really wanted him on the Jags, and he was heartbroken when he wasn't there at 25 for them. Uh, and, and obviously, Gettleman trades back after they get jumped by the Eagles for Devonta Smith. And Kadarius Tony is a very different player than Devonta Smith. Yeah. Uh, and I just... It's less about the player, and, so, and like we said on our first-round reaction show, and so much more about the fit with this. That worries me is, do I really think Jason Garrett's going to Im- implement Tony in a really fun, exciting way? And they have a good opportunity to do it, too, because, like, S- Slayton and Kenny Kenny G are, are solidified on the outside. Sterling Shepard as your slot. Evan Ingram as well. Like, you have a really good op- opportunity to get Kadarius Tony 10 really good touches a game in different ways with what's around this offense. But I don't trust Jason Garrett, and I, I certainly don't trust Daniel Jones to follow through and I, so i just think it's not a great fit that was my top one as well and i mean we already hit it but uh, i like the player a lot um trading it back and getting him was great uh they got fucked over for not getting Devonte smith um and and honestly when you throw it into their i think they had a nice class i, th- I thought gettleman did a really nice job this year for the first time but um, yeah i again i'm gonna echo everything you just said i don't trust garrett uh, it's just kind of a weird fit. I, wide receiver wasn't a desperate need. I totally understood if you're getting Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle, um, but to swing on on Tony and I don't know. It just doesn't feel great to me. Um, there's lots of holes in that roster still, so it's just kind of weird. And yeah, specifically the player, there there is a role there, but I they just, it just doesn't seem like they're going to make it to bring it to fruition. Um, what was your second one? Uh. Basically playing off that Tony thing mm, where Etienne. Urban doesn't get him. Then it felt like them panicking and taking Travis Etienne, who yeah. was just the next, I guess, the next best playmaker on their board. And then Urban coming out and saying they, they love the one-two punch of James Robinson and Carlos Hyde. Etienne is going to be their third down back. <laughs> I'm not and buying then it. Makes, but that also makes me sad because I was like, I bet they had a plan to line up Kadarius Tony in the backfield in some fun ways and use him a ton on jet but motion. And you know what I don't get though, Lavisca Chanel does everything Kadarius Tony can do. I I know I'm I know I it's silly. I I, I, I honestly I got a bad feeling about Urban Meyer. I feel I feel like he didn't look at his roster at all. That's what I feel like right now. 
the the Chinoat kid went to Colorado, didn't play in the <laughs> SEC. Not for me. Um, yeah, but yeah, I uh, I don't like this pick because I fucking love James Robinson. I I like Etienne a lot. It's just I don't know. I don't know where he's gonna fit in. I've uh, I'm not buying this. He's our third down back guy. I think I think I think I, I, I I'm not either. He's gonna like I I love Travis Etienne. I would not have taken him in the first round because he's a running back. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if he landed pretty much anywhere else, he'd be one of the favorites for offensive rookie of the year. But he landed in this weird team in Jacksonville. Um, I feel bad I, for James Robinson. Yeah, I think it's my main. Th- take. I think okay. So what I just said about Urban Meyer, I feel like he just didn't. I have this feeling he didn't look at the roster that that in depth because if he thinks he needs Tony, he's got Lavisca Chanel sitting there. But I think he's going to figure it out once he gets into camp because he's on the field. But anyways. What, what about the, what if Travis Etienne is their new tight end? <laughs> no, hold on, hold on though. I think that said, I, I think when push comes to shove, Etienne's going to get the bulk of the touches just because again, yeah, Urban wasn't so there too. last year. What they just yeah, invested in Travis care. Etienne, he's he doesn't never heard care. of James Robinson. He What's Illinois care? State? He says, which hurts me because I fucking love James Robinson, and you should not be taking a running back, James Robinson is exactly what you want in 2020-2021 NFL. You got him undrafted. He is the 16th best running back at the worst. He's perfect. Um, if you want to add a pass catching back on day three, fine. But uh, it pisses me off on all fronts. I, I think I'm starting to hate the Urban Meyer regime more and, and, and what Carlos Hyde did for Ohio State in 2013, does that not earn Urban's trust forever? <laughs> That's a good point. Um I don't, I I kind of hope they end up trading James Robinson because I feel like he's not going to get his fair shake there, and he, he deserves it, to be somewhere. I wonder what he would get you. I have no idea. I have no idea. Honestly, um, but if you're not going to play him, you should trade him because something's better than nothing. I'll, I'll throw. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, I I threw down the the weird pairing of Mary Gillespie and Diablo, even though I like all three players. I just thought it was weird. Yeah, I know when it. Yeah, it's it's just a bad draft strategy. I don't know. Mayock. Well, yeah. Just I don't know. It's eight K. You made the point. He keeps it fun though. He does. Yeah. I'm never I hope this this regime never goes away because he's they keep <laughs> it fresh. Um Heck yeah. but I'll go back I'll go back to the second round. Forty eighth for Aaron Banks for the Niners. That kind of came out of left field to me. Uh seemed way more suitable for just a power scheme. He's a big bodied guy. Yeah. I had him as a top one hundred yes. guy. I like Banks. I think forty is too yeah. early. Ain't a strange yeah. fit. That one yeah. was weird to me. I don't. I don't like the Niners draft um, on the whole. To be to, to be honest, um, especially like Raiden's went off the board ten picks later or whatever. Like weird, yeah. weird pick. That's Raiden's would have been pretty fun kicking the guard for them. May, Mayfield went at sixty eighth. Um, that like that like yeah. I don't know. I don't get that. That Banks pick was really out of left field, and I like the player too early, but the weird the weird fit too. Yeah, you know what? I don't love the 49ers. Like, obviously, Trey Lance was the right pick. I love that pick. Uh, and I, yeah, I like Trey Sermon pick a lot. But um, interesting otherwise. I don't know. Uh, seemed weird to double down and grab Elijah Mitchell in the sixth. That's what they I know do, it's the sixth though, round. Yeah. But, like, still, like, they have, they obviously have. They have a lot of backs. Like, Jeff, like any running back you stick in the chain, like, Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, these guys have been productive. Jamichael Hasty's been productive. They sign Wayne Gallman, yeah. draft Trey Sermon, they draft Elijah. I don't know. Just what? I don't know. Uh, I'm, little, I'm not into stockpiling running backs. Yeah, a little off topic. But what, what do you think Sermon 
Sermon's role is going to be? And like, do, do you think he's, he's going to be RB1 or do you think he's just going to get tossed into this? It's also I another guy where I'm kind of – I don't know, but I feel differently where I'm not sure if I if I love this or I really don't like I, it. Well, I yeah. think if you look at it just straight up what Trey Sermon is and how he would – his. Yeah how his traits fit in this offense, it's a slam dunk. But when you yep. look at it in the totality of what the running backs on this roster are and what's his role going to be, is, is he going to be the, like, kind of cha- – like, to me, he's the best fit among the running backs on this roster. In Raheem Mostert's more of that change of pace speed dude. Yeah, he, like he brings Wilson's, something that you're... no one on the roster brings in that, that physical running style. Yeah, and, like, he catches the ball well enough that you can trust him in that. So – I, I I wouldn't be shocked to see him earn the as long as he can stay healthy earn that RB one role um like halfway yeah, through the year. That's fair. Uh, okay, before we get out of here, five undrafted free agents who will make an impact. Really impossible to guess these things. Uh, <laughs> I looked at my last year; uh, it was it was bad. Other than Rodrigo Blankenship, I'm that gonna assume because I didn't look at mine that mine were all good. I'm sure I had like James Robinson was definitely my one. <laughs> Rodrigo was number two. Um, and so on. Uh, okay. Number one. I, it, the combination of Jay Adams and Sage Surratt in Detroit? Definitely. I put those two down. Uh, maybe not my number one, but I definitely put those two down. That, yeah, that, that's that my group one just because... Yeah, go, no, sorry, go ahead. Like, Jonathan Adams uh, uh, like has to make this team. Yeah, definitely. I think so. Um, okay, who's your number one? Uh, Jamin Hawkins for the Falcons. Um He's my, he's my, I put him slash Caleb Huntley as my three for the Falcons. Cause yeah, they're like the running, the, the lions, but with running backs. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Like they got Mike Davis. Uh, that's it. They got Cardero, but he's not a true running back. Um, and that's it. I think Hawkins makes this team and I think Hawkins and Mike Davis, I can see them splitting carries at some point down, down the line. I, also, terrific fit, I, I think, for, for, for the Arthur Smith, Smith running style. So I know usually it's that bigger back, but just looking at it, um, technically, I, I think he's a great fit. And I was really surprised that they didn't come away with a running back in the draft. Um, but uh, I, I, I think Hawkins' clear path to being a contributor early, yeah. I think Caleb Huntley makes this team, too, because I think he's got a good he chance. does a lot of – like, he's a – he where Hawkins can be the, the compliment to Mike Davis, like, Huntley's a good backup what mike davis does and like yeah quadriolas and really hasn't showed much like yeah i think he's got a good chance to make the team too i agree uh my number two is shakur brown uh to the steelers because the steelers didn't draft a nickel to replace mike hilton shakur yep. brown i had him one top 150 i thought he was one of the best nickels in the class they paid him a lot more than they generally paid on drafted free agent so i assuming that means they were pretty high on him um in terms of undrafted guys and uh, so I, I think he's got a really good shot of making this roster. No, me too. I think that that's that's one of the best uh, UDFA signings for sure. Ended uh, Michigan State's 80-year streak of getting someone drafted, which kind of sucks because he should have been drafted. I mean, I hate Michigan State, yeah. but it still kind of kind of just sucks for them. Um, I, I'll go with Kenny Yaboa, who who enters that Jets tight end room that's pretty wide open. Like Chris Herndon, obviously with the new staff coming in, Herndon is the best, but. Funny enough, Yebo- Herndon was my comp for Yeboah. Um, after that, like Tyler Croft, Ryan Griffin, <laughs> like Trevon West was a fullback. I think Yeboah's got a good shot to to carve out tight end too early and uh, potentially jump Chris Herndon. I wouldn't be absolutely shocked. Uh, I so I had Hawkins and Huntley three. Uh, I put David Moore four because I I I can't believe he didn't go 
get drafted, let alone. Yeah, me too. Like, I thought he was a fourth round lock. I'd me love too. David Moore. Kick him into center. I th- like. I I thought he was a potential development developmental starter. Ends up in Carolina, where uh, I think he's got a very good shot of making that roster because they don't really have a center behind Matt Paradise, and Matt Paradise has been pretty up and down. So I, I'm I'm I like what they did with the offensive line between the draft and and Gr- yeah. David Moore undrafted. David Moore was my next one. I. I think he's like a lock to make the roster. Um, he might see time early as a guard, potentially. Like, uh, I, but yeah, between getting Brown as a steal, Brady Christensen, and and David Moore, I love all three of those guys coming in for the Panthers. I think they did a great job um, rehashing the offensive line. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, Adams the Strat. Uh, hey, how about Drew Himmelman to the Broncos after Juwan James is out for the year just now? Um, yeah. Not I, I again. I think Hellman was like a six round guy to me, um, but he's a massive dude, and I think he's developmental starter potential. And now they're pretty thin at tackle. Obviously, they 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 address the interior, but um, they got bowls obviously, and not not much else there. Sorry, I'm just pulling it up now. Um, Quinn Bailey, Calvin Andrews, like there's not there's not a lot of yeah. tackle here. So like Hellman. He's got the, all the opportunity to, to, to prove himself. Like, to, honestly, he's, he's got a great chance mm-hmm. endeavor. My final one is, speaking of big, Charles Snowden to the Bears, undrafted. If he doesn't get hurt this year, I think he gets drafted. Obviously, he's a 6'7 off-ball linebacker who's also got a history of playing some edge. I think he's going to be used as an as a outside linebacker, a.k.a. an edge in Chicago. Um, I like him. They, they don't have a ton of, ton of depth behind Quinn and Mack. They mm-hmm. draft Travis Gibson last year, but I think that that fourth edge outside linebacker spot is his to take. I'll throw two quick hitters out at you if, if that's allowed to end the show. Um, two skill position guys. Bradley Moore in, in Tennessee, who obviously transferred to K-State, uh, up to K-State. Interesting guy. Uh, potential Jonu Smith type uh, role there for him. Uh, nothing really in the tight, ends, tight end room uh, after Anthony Ferkser at least. Um, speaking of, not a lot in the Houston Texans wide receiver room. They signed Marlon Williams um, as a UDFA. I think he's got a shot to, to see the field um, as a rookie. Like an outside shot, but I think he's got got all the chance. That's a great landing spot for him. Probably better than him getting drafted by a different team, to be honest. It's always better to go undrafted than to get drafted because you need that chip on your shoulder, kids. <laughs>